1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers close in on Malik Tillman as the race for Calvin Bassey hots up. Anthony Ralston says Celtic are aiming to be bigger and better this season. And Aberdeen sign Benfica forward Duck. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, a couple of weeks ago we said that it was about speculation and rumour, but uh, now it's actually factual uh, that the clubs are signing players left, right and centre, both um, Celtic and Rangers. Um, we've really complemented the squad really strong I mean, all Rangers have lost Aribo um, and that's a big miss but uh, obviously Milman coming in uh, you know a, a lot alongside you know the, the host of players they have there the young talent like which is uh, Lowry um, guys like Tom Lawrence another very very good player so both are, have strengthened the squad the challenges for the other clubs for me Hearts were you know convincingly and in, in away uh, ahead of everyone else third how do the rest of the teams close that gap and make some sort of concerted challenge um, and their squad strength is really going to be the test can they get anywhere close to the strength of these clubs and the competitive action is back as well we've had plenty of League Cup group games over the past week there's plenty more this weekend as well and the league season's really not far away at all yeah and, and you know, listen I've been there and it's, it's a bit unfortunate sometimes because a lot of clubs haven't got their, their squads ready yet they haven't got the players in they're looking for they're still looking to strengthen I watched um, Kilmarnock and Patrick Thistle and Patrick Thistle were terrific I have to say that but Derek McKinnon said after it and when the league starts his team will be totally different he said he said he will have three or four new signings in obviously Sittman lost at home to a broth and a late, a late um, goal there uh, and again I know Stephen Robinson's strengthening his squad but he's again looking to add players in so you are judged very, very quickly nowadays, as we well know with this phone in. Um, so, you know, the clubs can't hang around too long, particularly the Premier League clubs when they're against um, clubs from a low division. Well, whether it's the League Cup action, whether it's transfers, whatever is on your mind, we want to hear from you. 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Rangers fans, maybe you've got an opinion on this because Rangers are closing in on the loan signing of Bayern Munich midfielder Malik Tillman. The 20 year old played seven times for the German champions last season, but now looks set for a switch to Ibrooks. It's understood Rangers will have an option to buy the USA international at the end of the loan deal as well. And it had been very quiet on the transfer front for Rangers up until just over a week ago mm-hmm. and then since then they've signed Antonio Cholak they've signed Tom Lawrence mm-hmm. they've brought in Rabi Matondo mm-hmm. and Malik Tillman looks mm-hmm. as if that deal is just about to get over the line as well yeah I mean uh, I think that the Tillman one seemed to be as if uh, you know the, the you know the, the, the noise from Bayern Munich said it wasn't going to happen you know but uh, Rangers perseverance and, and, and uh, Gian Van Brockhurst has obviously been he's a player that they've been looking at and looking to bring in Ross Wilson I think has, has obviously been um, you know very instrumental in a lot of these players in, in, in the recruitment uh, side of it to, to come in so you know look, that looks like it's again going over the line Central midfield for me, I mean, I know I think Millman's one that can play advanced, you know, can just behind the strikers, but it seems a very congested area for me for Rangers. I, I know they've lost a Rebo, but, you know, that that be the one area I think that they, they wouldn't have needed players in. I think they've got more than enough in there. Um, but listen, you know, um, the, the managers obviously looked at it. They've got the qualifiers for the, the, the trying to get into the group stages of the, the Champions League. If that doesn't work out, obviously for the, the Europa League. Um, so therefore, you know, they, they will need a big squad. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I think Hadji's a little bit behind. I think he, they thought he might have been back a little bit sooner. I think his, he's, a, he's a little bit delayed, but still a, a terrific player to come on board when he's fit. 
Yeah, he will be out until after the World mm. Cup as well. So that will be a long, long mm-hmm. time that he's out. But as you say, with Joe Aribo leaving and the, the amount of football that Rangers play, mm-hmm. they, they found themselves short at the end of last season, albeit that was up front and they were having mm-hmm. to play Joe Aribo through the middle. Mm-hmm. Tillman is a player who can play in that number 10 role but mm-hmm. I've seen quotes of Julian Nagelsmann the Bayern Munich manager saying that he can play up front as well so that versatility would certainly help Yeah I mean listen of course particularly the latter stage of the season when when you know the, the transfer windows close after January next year and you're looking at well Rangers will be looking to, to try and win uh, trophies there's no doubt about that then the latter stages you may well need players who are adaptable like Joe Rebo showed last year uh, when when um, you know there were injuries to Morelos and to, to Camille Roof um, Rangers will look to strengthen as you mentioned in that area already I think there still might be room I mean I think they'll be delighted if Ryan Kent's still there there is a lot of rumour that Calvin Bassey and I think it's a very strong rumour don't want to, to um, you know alienate the, the Rangers fans and upset them but I, I do think that that looks as if that could happen um, if Calvin Bassey moves and albeit for a very handsome fee and again that might free up some funds to, to look at other areas of the team but so far yeah good healthy business from um, Van Brockhurst and I think the Rangers fans should be excited about the new season and we've seen how successful these loan to buy deals can be we saw it last season with Celtic Jota Cameron mm-hmm. and Carter Vickers came in on loan Celtic had the chance to try them out they were both very mm-hmm. successful and Celtic had a price in place that they could meet and then bring the players in and Rangers will be hoping to find similar success with Malik Tillman yeah, I think as long as you've agreed uh, a fee, uh, Andrew, that's fine because if they go there, for instance, you know, I think Jota in particular, I think if Celtic hadn't agreed a fee, I think the fee would have been double figures. So I think that the fact that that happened and uh, you know, that was good business and I think Rangers will be doing something similar uh, with Tillman. I think that there'll be a fee arranged, uh, agreed, uh, and uh, if, if the player and everything goes well for both parties and he's a success, then Rangers then have the option. And I think, as you said, or as we said earlier on, if they can manage to get into the Champions League group stages, then that would give them more financial muscle to get these type of deals over the line. So there's an interesting part of this deal that's being reported by the German publication Kicker. We hear about loan-to-buy deals all the time. What we see on the continent, and not really in Scotland, are buyback clauses. We see big clubs inserting these quite a lot of the time in young players who they're unable to give the game to game time to now, but feel they may have the potential in the future. The player may want to move on at that stage, but they may think, you know what, they've got the potential and could end up being a player good enough for us in the future. And it looks as if Bayern Munich are pushing to have a buyback clause in this deal. Yeah, that's the reason why a lot of uh, transfers take a while and f- fans get frustrated um, because they're protracted. There's so many elements to a transfer. It's not just a straightforward loan deal or a transfer deal. As you said, the clubs or the player, agents, all sorts of people can get involved in it to say, listen, we want the option to bring them back and we want the option to at this price or that price. Uh, you know, all these sort of things can come into it. Uh, as, as a, you know... Former, you know, um, some of the former clubs I've been with, I have had similar situations, Andrew, where I've dealt with uh, clubs, particularly from the bigger clubs, who have loaned younger players out or have actually given you the younger players, you've signed them, they've agreed that you can take them, but they wanted first option on them. And to be honest, it works out fine because if that player comes and does well for you, then you've had a good season or the players had a good season 
it's good business uh, your recruitment gets plaudits as a manager you get plaudits for bringing finding young talented players and if the player happens to get back then then it's a win for everyone so yeah it's not uncommon in Europe as you said it's, not, it's less less common in this country Is the downside to it potentially that if the player does extremely well mm-hmm. and then you bring them in and there's only a, a, a maximum number where the profit is going to be mm-hmm. at because that buyback clause has been inserted it's yeah. not as if there's a sort of unlimited possibility of what clubs can offer because yeah. the club that has the buyback clause inserted could come in and say well we've got this figure mm-hmm. here we can either bring him in for this fee and use him or bring him in for this fee and sell him on again which we've seen before around Europe yeah but that's the risk you've got to take unless you've got the financial muscle to do a deal straight away I mean if Rangers for instance want to go and get Melman in a permanent deal then they have to pay whatever um, you know fee that Bayern Munich insist uh, uh, you know it'll take to do that and maybe Rangers maybe that's just too much at this moment in time so it takes away a bit of an element of a risk but also as you said fans can get frustrated if it's this time next year and the player's going, going to go back there or other clubs are interested. Everyone's saying, well, why did you not just sign him? But that that's the risk factor and it's about doing your research, doing your, your homework on the player, getting as much information as possible. If he does come and he, and he hits the ground running, then perhaps, as I said before, if Rangers qualify for the, the group stages or if Calvin Bassey does go, Rangers can go back in and make the deal a permanent deal. But again, as I said, there's there a lot of variables um, before that can happen. Well, no matter who you support, we want to hear what you're making of your club's transfer business so far on 01419511025. Brian is a Celtic fan in Cope Bridge. Brian, how happy are you or otherwise with Celtic's business so far? Uh, uh, hi, uh, hello there, guys. Uh, hello, Jim Duffy. Hi, Brian. Hi, uh, how you doing? Uh, well, I'm actually over the moon the way Ange Postacoglu has put his business about, the way he's got Jota, the way he's got Carl, Carl Vickers. And and listen, this this is not the end of the line. That, this guy knows what he's doing. And it, it, it's a dramatic turnaround from, from this time to last year. None of us would have thought that he would have won the league. You know, and, and now we're into the Champions League where the big boys go. So, I just want to see your thoughts on that. Yeah, Jim, I think there will be a, a general feeling amongst Celtic fans that they have every faith in the transfer business Ange Postacoglu is doing because he has that track record of what he did last summer, what he did in January. There's been plenty of success stories. He's now managed to get a permanent deal for Jota, Carter Vickers, mm-hmm. Bernabe has come in, who we'll see in the next few weeks and months how he fares in Scottish football Benjamin Segrist was a very good goalkeeper mm-hmm. at Dundee United and has been brought in so I'm sure there'll be many Celtic fans like Brian who are delighted at where yeah. Celtic find themselves I don't think any Celtic fan could be disappointed about the work that Ange Postacoglu has done I think he's been absolutely magnificent so far and he's in a very short <laughs> period of time as Brian had said no one would have thought at this time last year where Celtic would have won, won uh, you know, the, the League Cup and, and the league um, you know and the type of football they played you know the report he, he, he developed with the supporters, you know, f- found players as well that they could identify with, you know, you know, whether it be Kyogo, um, you know, Maeda, um, Giamakis, all sorts of players, Juranovic, so many players in amongst, as you said, Carter Vickers, Vickers and, uh, and Jota. So there were, there were so many success stories for Celtic last year and then obviously looking to build on that this year. Uh, and bring players in I don't think the recruitment side of it is, uh, is an issue for Celtic I think they've been terrific the year pre-Ange uh, Postacoglu it was poor for that for that year or so I think the the, the only um, 
side at Celtic fans, maybe not the fans, but the, you know the, the club would look at as getting players out. There's a number of players there, fringe players who, you know, just haven't been a success. You know, whether it's a Yeti or whether it's Barkas or whether it's, you know there's a few other players in there, but you know there, there's a few players they move out and just clear a wee bit of space. I think it's a it's, it's just a top heavy squad, but in terms of the quality, there's no doubt that uh, Celtic have improved dramatically since the time Ange Postecoglou's walked in the door. Yeah, Brian, what's next for Celtic in the transfer window at the moment? You're happy with the business so far. Do you think there's much else that needs to be done? Or if you get to the opening weekend of the season and Celtic have the squad they have at the moment, will you be more than happy? Well, listen, I'm more than happy now. And thanks to Jim Duffy for, for, for explaining half of what I was going to say. But uh, at the end of the day, Big Ange will bring his own men in and maybe a midfielder, Scott Brown type of Type of character, and maybe another centre half, and I don't, I don't think we need to uh, improve the front line. I mean, you seen Jack and Marcus the other night, uh, the way he took his goal, Kyogo. You know, we've got players that, that can do, can do all of that. So it's the middle of the park, and, a, and a, maybe another wee centre half in there would, would do rightly. You know. Yeah, those are the three key areas that I've heard on the phones quite a lot this mm. summer over the last couple of weeks. Certainly, Jim from Celtic fans is the centre-back area because we don't know what the future holds for Christopher Julian. He was almost out the door a couple of weeks ago. Um, besides that, Carl Starfelt is injured. You then got Stephen Welsh and mm-hmm. Cameron Carter-Vickers. And then there's two areas that are highlighted, defensive midfield and a more attacking midfielder with Celtic having lost Tom Rogic. That maybe seems like an obvious one. And we hear a lot of talk about the defensive midfield position and what could happen in the Champions League group stages does that mean that Callum McGregor pushes a bit further forward or sits in with a new defensive midfielder what do you make of the dynamics of what Celtic needs to do it's a difficult one because Ange Postecoglou plays a very um, you know intense type of game he doesn't have someone just sitting in front of the back four that's just not the way he plays and I know he may adapt a little bit in Europe in the Champions League he may have to uh, depending on the quality of the opposition but uh, for me that would be really the only area that I think that Celtic may I know they brought James McCarthy and it hasn't quite worked out for him uh, as much in that area but Callum McGregor's been by by and large the, the, the kind of centre midfield player but he wants to get on the ball and wants to play that's the way Ange Postecoglou wants his team to do it um, I, I don't think there, there's any great rush to, to have a centre back as you said Christopher Julian's still at the club Stephen Welsh is, is a more than capable deputy when I mean at the start of the season he done well but Starfelt and, and Carter Vickers were a tremendous partnership and therefore, I don't see that being, uh, you know, why Why would you want to break that up? Yeah, of course, if you get injuries and all these kind of things. But if that happens, then I think Celtic have got enough strength and depth. You look at the full-back positions now, there's two two left-backs now with, with, with the new sign and, and obviously Juranovic and, uh, uh, you know, on the other side of the pitch as well. You know, I, I think Celtic's got real good strength and depth right throughout the team. Um, so, you know, for me, that would be the only one, as Brian says, perhaps... Uh, a holding or a more defensive minded central midfielder but I still think they've got O'Reilly I don't think they need to replace jo- um, Rogic because I think Riley's in there Turnbull will be better he'd a, a long spell out injured but pre that again was a, is, a, is a very talented player um, you know so I think Celtic have got plenty of options in there um, that's the only one area that I think getting into Europe you might have to be a little bit more conservative Do you want to come back in Brian? Yes, definitely. And, and, and I agree with Jim Duffy uh, 100% there, you know. But, uh, uh, and I know uh, Big Julian is, is, is still there for a reserve, centre-half and whatever. But 
I, I was just like a, a wee midfielder guy, like a Neil Lennon type, you know, just to just to cut the grass and and uh, and and deal and deal with things that's in the middle of the park. Do Celtic need that, Jim? Given that Callum McGregor was the one that was playing in that deepest midfield role last season, was by all accounts one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Last season has been a real consistent performer mm-hmm. for Celtic for years and years. If he's been playing so well in that position, mm-hmm. do Celtic need to bring in someone else? Or is it a case of bringing someone else in to challenge him? Neil Beaton's gone, but there is James McCarthy, Yosuke mm-hmm. Edaguchi, who can also play in that yeah, position. Yeah, I know, I know they've obviously got the Riley Hatati, they've got creative midfield players, Turnbull. But I, I just think that in Europe, if, if, if Celtic, depending on you know, the, the, the draws, but if you're in that um, group section, you could be up against some top, top teams. And, um, you know, although Celtic want to play a certain style, I think, you know, you might not have the ball as much as you would like to have it. And Callum is a fantastic player, outstanding player, Callum McGregor, um, technically so gifted and he's got, you know, the enthusiasm, he's, he's become a real captain at Celtic. Um, but he's not a defensive-minded player. And I think, as I said, sensing the danger, seeing seeing where the, the, the problems might arise is not his number one strength. Uh, and against top teams, they move the ball so quickly, um, you know, and, and they can cut you open in a, in a millisecond. And, and you maybe need someone who's that style of player, as you said, with beat on going. Um, maybe maybe that, that that's the only one area that I think Celtic could look at. Again, it might, it's a difficult one because he probably wouldn't play all the game because 90% of the games in Scotland, Celtic dominate. So therefore, it's a hard one. But in Europe, yeah, that that might be the one area. Well, thank you to Brian 01419511025 if you want to get in touch. Anthony Ralston was on media duty today. We'll hear a bit from him after the break. We'll also take a look at Calvin Bassey's transfer situation. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. In a while, we'll be taking a look at Calvin Bassey's transfer situation. So, if you've got any thoughts on that, 01419511025. Or maybe you've got some thoughts on this because Anthony Ralston has been speaking today. He says Celtic should be boosted by not having to negotiate qualifiers this summer. He's glad they can put all their focus into getting ready for the start of the Premiership campaign. It's a good change to be able to just to to get the training, you know, more training sessions under our belt to come together as a team and to you know get the friendlies in and just focus on the start of the league campaign, you know, rather than playing the the qualifiers um, and to just be automatically qualified is is brilliant. You know, we've all had a good bit of training under our belt, few games now. We've got a few games more to go, and like I said, we're all we're all in a good place. We're all fit. We've got a bit to go. We want to keep improving, um, and that just as just goes for now, it goes into the, the start of the season as well. We're all looking forward to it. It's, it's where you want to play your football um, at, at the highest level um, in, in club football, uh, the Champions League. So. We're all looking forward to it. Um, each time man, it will be important. We'll all have a part to play in terms of you know both the training pitch and also when it comes to the games. Uh, so we need everybody ready and everyone fit, um, and I'm sure we all will be in terms of you know this is where everybody wants to play. So we're all excited and looking forward to it. Yeah, Jim, it's been a good while since either Celtic or Rangers were straight into mm. the Champions League group stages. We're used to. The trips here, there and everywhere around Europe as part of the qualifiers. Just how much of a boost can that be for Celtic having that sort of clear head going into pre-season knowing that they're, they're not having to travel for qualifiers and not knowing exactly what competition they're going to be in because they've got that clarity. They know exactly when the start date is 
And what competition they're going into Yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely massive Andrew You know in terms of um, Just having that breathing space The preparation time As Anthony Ralston was saying there About just training And you know Getting the team organised Getting everybody up to speed Whereas normally you have to be in a lot earlier Because the games And they're competitive games And, and any, any uh, qualifier comes in and you're under pressure straight away if you're at a club like Celtic, you know, because, you know, you have to try and, and, and win these games. And, and in the last couple of years, it hasn't happened for them. So, you know, for them to, to, to be automatically into the, the, the Champions League is, uh, is fantastic. Great for, for, for Scottish football. Um, gives us a real good profile again and, uh, you know, brings good uh, positive attention to our game. And as I said, and I think we've seen recently with um, the, the young players going abroad, um, you know, obviously we've seen Hickey initially with Hearts and going over across and going back to Bentford for a, was it, 20 million. You, you, you've, now, you've now got Doig and uh, Lewis Ferguson going over to Italy. All these sort of things all enhance our game. And, and Celtic playing in the Champions League continues that um, pos- positivity. And I think that's great. And, and players, as, as, as Anthony Nelson was saying there, you know, I think when uh, they, they, they become like fans when that Champions League music's played, um, right before the start of the game it's uh, spine tingling and it's been a while since we've had it well Ken is a Celtic fan in Cambus Lang he's dialed 01419511025 Ken what are you making of what's going on at Celtic at the moment are you happy with the transfer business so far? Oh yeah I'm happy with it so far I would I would like them to sign another striker especially Champions League coming out somebody to push Kyogo and Geomachis I mean, if the two of them get injured, and with a high tempo that Angela used to play, it is possible. And having a Yeti to fall back on, I'm I'm not convinced about him, especially for Champions League games, if it came to that. You know, so I'd like to see another another striker just to to push the guys on and somebody who they can rely on uh, if necessary, if any of them become injured, you know, so... Yeah, Albion Ayeti didn't play a lot of football last season at all under Ange Postacoglu. <laughs> it looks as if he is a player that if Celtic are looking to mm. move people out the door, he would be very high up on the list. But mm. are Celtic maybe finding it hard to, just based on the fact he was brought in for £5 million? Mm. You'd expect, if you're a £5 million player, you're probably yeah, on a decent wage. Easy, yeah. And if you've not been playing a lot of football, then it's maybe not easy to get as many suitors. Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. You know, it's it's, it's not easy, and players aren't, aren't going to volunteer to, to walk out a very healthy contract. Um, it's not it's not their choice to make. It's the manager's choice that, that you're not on his plans. So players have got a contract; they want honoured. If it was the other way around, you know, the and the player uh, was a a regular first team player and wanted to go to the club, but you know, but you're you're under contract. So you know, the clubs have to have to accept that. But, uh, you know, the only thing about Ken was saying there about another striker, it's very, very difficult to get, if you want to call it a third-choice striker or a striker who, you know, is in that type of company who's good enough but also happy enough that he's not playing on a regular basis. Um, Giamakis finished the joint top goal scorer after only playing, you know, maybe two-thirds of the season. Uh, and, and Kyogo, I think, was a goal behind him. Again, having missed a significant part of the season. Maeda can play through the middle, as, as we saw in a few games. It could be an option. If, I, if, if, if From Celtic's point of view, I'd like to see a young player. If it, if it was somebody, if they don't have someone within the ranks... 
Um, then We've seen Johnny Kenny in pre-season. I think he scored yeah. a couple of goals mm-hmm. against Vina Victoria. So yeah. he's obviously staking his claim. It's just yeah. whether Ange Postacoglu sees him mm-hmm. as a, a realistic option yeah. at this stage to make that step up. Yeah, but if, if they didn't, if he didn't, I, I would like to see someone coming as a teenager, you maybe 18, 19 years of age, who's got real potential and who's happy to learn these trade under Ange Postacoglu and, and be the guy. Um, but to get a guy for the Champions League, a Champions League striker. That is going to cost an unbelievable amount of money for um, the, the, the transfer fee and um, the salary. So very, very difficult. I think that that's probably as difficult a task as you would have uh, at any football club, never mind um, you know a club in, in Scottish football to, to try and bring that in. What do you make of that, Ken? Well, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, it's a bit difficult to get a, a proven goal scorer to come and just kill your seals in the bench, I, I suppose, you know, so... I don't know whether the young ones coming through. I haven't seen that much of them. I mean, I got you got to trust in Ange. You know what I mean? You have to get trust in Ange. And one thing is, you know, they've got this Champions League football. And hopefully that might get another striker in. But I'll say if, the young, if Jim says, if the young ones coming through, like, like Jojo Kenny, he looked good the other day, stating a claim, maybe we can just look at what they've got there and uh, and promote from within rather than spend millions for someone else who might be no good yeah I, I, th- I think as I say the difficulty is, is, is because it's Champions League I, I mean the, the, the profile that seems to be under Ange Postacoglu seems to be one of a younger player other than James McCarthy who I don't I don't know if, if Ange had any input in that whatsoever but the rest of the players where it's with Juranovic, where it's uh, uh, Barnabe, um, you know, all, all these kind of guys, Riley, um, all, you know, they're all either early 20s or mid 20s. So, you know, somebody like, for instance, Stephen Fletcher, who went to Dundee United there, you might have thought, oh, he could have been a good signing, you know, as in, you know, someone who gives us a different style, a different option, an experienced player, might be happy to be at Celtic in the latter stages of his career. But that doesn't seem to fit the Ange Postacoglu pro- profile in terms of either age or style of play. So that's also going to be taken into consideration. And that, again, limits you know exactly the direction you want to go in. I suppose I was trying to think if Celtic have sort of done it before mm-hmm. when Moussa Dembele and Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. were both there competing for a place. Mm-hmm. Odson Edward mm-hmm. came in on loan. That was a, a loan-to-buy deal. Mm-hmm. So is that ideally what Celtic could be looking for I know it's extremely tough to go out and mm-hmm. get someone of that quality but someone that could come Alton in Edward cost 9 million yeah well I mean <laughs> initially on loan with yeah, a, a sort yeah. of option to buy the next summer but is that mm-hmm. possibly a route Celtic could go down or do you think with Maida mm-hmm. and, and Johnny Kenny mm-hmm. and the way Celtic are set up at the moment they might be alright yeah I mean again they've got Abada they've got James Forrest they do have plenty of front players you know and amongst the, the strikers their wingers and that as well so they do have a plenty of attacking options but just as I said to you, the style and the way he wants to play, you have to find a player that fits that, you know, and that again, as I said, that, that there's not that many of them around, but you, you might be right, it might be a, a case of going to a club, um, you know, a big, you know, maybe one of the, the bigger English clubs or maybe one of the European clubs and getting a player on loan with a view to, to you know, something longer term, like they've done with Jota um, and, and giving him, uh, a, a, you know, enough game time that he is developing. But I, I just think, Listen, you can have ten. You can say there's ten million. That doesn't guarantee you getting a striker. And we see it, and particularly down south when it's the, you know the, the 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 attractive riches of the Premier League, and they're still find it very difficult to bring in players who can score goals. Ken, with Celtic back in the Champions League group stages, how are you feeling about it? Are you just happy to be there, or have you got expectations of 
how you'd like to see Celtic do? I mean, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them progress. Obviously, I mean, I'm, with the squad that I've got, it depends on the draw. Because sometimes I've been unlucky with a draw like with Barcelona so many times, you know. So I'd like to see the draw before I say any real comments about how I hope we're going to do. Would you, Ken, you would, you, would you like Celtic to change their style a little bit if they were playing some of the bigger team? Would you like to see a more conservative? Are you a Celtic fan who's happy and wants Celtic to play their way regardless of the opposition? I'd like them, I'd like them to play the Celtic way. Right. You even know, even if it, it meant they would lose or they could lose heavily, you would, you would be happy. You wouldn't want them to, to be a little bit more conservative, put an extra midfielder in, maybe play 4-5-1 and sit behind the ball. You you wouldn't want that as a, as a Celtic fan? No, no. I like, mm. I like them to play the Celtic way. I like them to be uh, uh, trying to be on the front foot, you know, and the way Andrew's got them playing, for me, is just mm. perfect for Celtic. And that's the way I like to see them continue playing. Well, thank you to Ken 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind. Maybe you've got some thoughts on this because more reports today about Calvin Bassey and where he could potentially be going. We had it yesterday, Ajax, Brighton, both interested. Looks as if they're both stepping up their chase of Calvin Bassey, even as far as reports today saying that Ajax boss Alfred Schroeder has spoken to Calvin Bassey on the phone about moving things along. It's not something you hear very often mm. and if that is to happen, it... Obviously needs to go through the, the right channels, mm-hmm. Jim, because people can get accused of tapping up. But it seems to be a, a case of, you know, Rangers will be happy to let Calvin Bassey go as long as they get the right price for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a kind of strange one today, uh, Andrew, when we read that. You know, I think the, the, the manager, uh, you know, wanted to speak to him and, uh, you know, he was quoted, you know, of, uh, saying that, um, you know, he was he was happy speaking to him. So Rangers must have given permission for that to happen and again, for that to, to, to happen, you would have imagined some sort of fee would have been um, discussed and, 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 and agreed. But, um, you know, the Dutch league's not the best league in, in Europe by any stretch of the imagination. So he's not going to Spain or, or Germany, Italy or England. Um, Ajax themselves are a phenomenal football club and particularly at developing and moving players on. If you, we only look at the, around Europe just now um, with the host of players that have been at Ajax over the last six, seven years and that's been something that's been there for decades. They've a fantastic reputation of style of football and obviously Ten Hag now, the new Manchester United manager as well, so developing managers as well. So they've got a great footballing philosophy. I think it'd be a fantastic place to go and uh, you know stretch yourself and, and, and move yourself to the next level, but um, and they've obviously got a lot of money come in recently as well with Haller moving. Um, obviously, the the, the left back uh, Marcelo was it? Or yeah, Lissandro Martinez. Uh, Martinez, sorry, went went to Manchester United. There's talk um, about Anthony moving and one or two others and all these sort of things. So um, they've obviously got a, a, enough money there that they they could pay at least twenty million with possibly add-ons, um, but from Rangers. The fans' perspective, I think um, you know they've they've seen a rising star emerge so quickly in the last six months that uh, I'm sure they would like a lot longer to enjoy him. Is this a tough one for Rangers? Because as much as they would want Calvin Bassey to stay and show what more he can do, because mm. really we've probably only seen the the best of Calvin Bassey in the last six months, particularly towards the end of the season in two different positions as well. When you've got a player who played so well in some high-profile games, his sort of marketability now mm. is as high as it 
ever has been mm-hmm. And you don't know what's going to happen in the future Especially when he's got two years left in his contract You don't want him to run it down and get to the point Where he's only got one year left in his contract Is it a case of you know making the gamble Either deciding yes mm-hmm. we want to keep him And we want to see what else he can do here And hopefully he can do more for us And we can sell him more in the future Or is it a case of right you need to sell him now while he's hot essentially yeah. I, I think you've got you've got to strike when, it, when, when it's hot I mean pre-Christmas you know no no one would have bat an eyelid if, if Rangers were to say we're going to sell Calvin, ba- uh, Calvin Bassey um, but since Christmas almost and also in, in the Tata games the European run they had he was phenomenal um, you know he was as good as anyone and, and, and probably one of the top players in European uh, football in that competition absolutely he was immense he's only 22 years of age and I think that's probably the selling point from Ajax's point of view they've probably spoken to him and said listen another two seasons with us and we will sell you to one of the major clubs in Europe so that'll be the selling point for him not the fact he's going to play in Dutch football but he's going to play for Ajax who have got a phenomenal history and reputation of developing and, and moving young players on to the top clubs and I think that will be Calvin Bassey's probably ambition and it's harder to do it at Rangers there's no doubt that's not to do with Rangers that's to do with Scottish football just the, the profile of it um, but as I said I think you know you could listen you could risk it you know there was a lot of talk about a number of players um, Yanis Hadji we mentioned earlier on going for a significant amount of money and sadly gets injured and all these sort of things can 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 impact a player and the player himself might be thinking that as well and I think uh, Marellis was another one that uh, there's been a lot of talk about over the last three or four seasons that hasn't materialised so maybe Calvin Bassey's maybe looking at that as well and thinking Ollie I mean I, I don't want to wait I, the, the time is right for me just now um, and you know he's that, that for me I think will, will probably one of the significant um, reasons if he does move is that the player himself will think no this is this is the right time Rangers will want to maximise their profit on Calvin Bassey because that's mm. what every club wants to do but when you look at the timing of all of this it's only the 15th of July mm-hmm. and I think Rangers would be happy that this is all unfolding now mm-hmm. rather than at the end of August yeah. and they would probably want to get any deal if it is going to happen wrapped up sooner rather than later because then it gives them money and time to bring in a replacement or potentially two replacements because he, he plays a couple of positions so that may be the case that they, they might need to bring in a couple Yeah, I mean uh, Andrew, I've been obviously on the programme for a good number of years now and for years Rangers were criticised for not developing players not doing what Celtic were doing for many years of finding players selling them on for a substantial profit um, you know, you know, we, we spoke about Dembele at twenty-five million and sixteen or seventeen million as for Edward and so on and Wanyama and Van Dijk, etc., etc. Um, you know, there was there were so many and Rangers weren't doing that. There, there didn't seem to be a plan there, but there is a plan now, Rangers, and I think that's the big difference. But when you have a plan like Sir Joe Rebo going for ten million pounds or whatever. Um, and, and the next one is Calvin Bassey. That's the other side of it. You know, you as part of the business. Rangers were criticised for not having that part right a few years ago. It's a catch twenty two when you do get it right. Sadly, you lose your good players. But the but the project and the and the the, the real um, talent is finding the next Calvin Bassey, finding the next replacement. Um, we are proposed to that money. So if they get twenty million up front, you say right, okay, we'll spend half of it now, and we'll then look to to to, to find the other players that we can develop. Um, and Rangers again, as I say to you. The, 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 they lost Billy Gilmore early on I think for half a million he came through the academy and the likes of Lowry um, looks a real good player although he will find it hard in that squad um, um, midfield squad but they are developing players now and more importantly there is now a market for them and they're getting a handsome amount and 
if Calvin Bassey goes for 20 million plus then I think that uh, that is fantastic business if, if, if you're um, you know the, the Rangers recruitment well, plenty of League Cup games coming up over the weekend. Plenty of transfer business happening as well. So anything you want to chat about, 0141 951 1025. 141951 making some big sales mm-hmm. they've sold Calvin Ramsey mm-hmm. they've sold Lewis mm-hmm. Ferguson and that money is being reinvested because he's not the first big signing I mm-hmm. think they spent about half a million on Boyan Miofsky the mm-hmm. striker so Jim Duffy uh, Jim Duffy Jim, sorry Jim, Jim Goodwin, Goodwin sorry mm-hmm. has been has been backed by Aberdeen mm-hmm. yes they've sold a couple of key players but he's he's been given money to spend yeah I mean obviously he's, he's, he's had to make the changes they had such a terrible season and even when Jim went in it didn't really improve at all really um, you know they, they were so poor um, you know, in all departments, you know, lost too many soft goals, so you know, didn't look ever look as if they were a threat. Uh, Ramirez, I thought would be leaving, but he came back, scored two goals, the first League Cup game. Um, but they certainly needed a striker. There's no doubt about that. They need more creativity in their team, absolutely. So um, Jim seems to be looking to address that. Obviously, losing Lewis Ferguson, losing uh, Calvin Ramsey it w- will be will be um, something they have to adjust. Declan Gallagher left as well, went to St Mirren. So, but I think he's had to ring the changes. He's had to make some big decisions because last year was nowhere near good enough. And if it was anywhere like that at all this year in the early part, Jim would be another casualty of the of of of, of, of that football club. But um, the fans, I think, um, will be looking this season to see what type of uh, stamp he puts on his team. I say not just in terms of results, but in terms of style. We're seeing Luis Lopez come in from Benfica. Hibs did a similar deal for a winger, Cher Tavares. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting route for the two of them to go down because a lot of the time we see Scottish clubs just go for you know players that have played in England mm-hmm. on a free transfer. It is a change of tact where they're going for... Benfica is a highly rated mm-hmm. academy and these two guys, not good enough to play for Benfica, have been playing for their B team, mm-hmm. but they're taking the gamble that, look, they might not be good enough for Benfica, mm-hmm. but they're still young and could well be good enough for us and have the potential that was spotted to get them in the academy. Yeah, but the guys in front of them might be, you know, international players and that, that, that doesn't mean that you, you're, not, you're not a good player. I mean, we've just seen, I think we were talking earlier on about uh, Calvin Bassey, I think it was uh, Nico Williams, I think it was the, the, the right fullback. I think signed, um, was I think he signed, was it Forrest? I think he signed yeah, for yeah. 17 million or something mm-hmm. like that because, you couldn't get in front of, you know, <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it, it doesn't mean you're not a good player. It just means that the door in front of you might be, you know, might have real, real talent. And obviously with Jota doing so well last year at Celtic. And, you know, as I've said before, the recruitment side is so important nowadays, having contacts, and it's got to be worldwide. You know, the the market in this country is, is so tight and um, so stifled in terms of everyone going for the same the same sort of price range of a player that you've got to you know wind your horizons and get over to Portugal and bring in players over whether it's at Hibs or whether it's at Aberdeen listen I think that excites fans I, th- I don't I think fans like to like to see these type of players coming over generally that they've got a little bit more flair a little bit more imagination a little bit more technical uh, maybe not as as, as, as much as, as you would normally have the traditional hard working British player so you know let's hope they can they can improve the, the standard of football in this country because that's all we want 
Well, I think we've got time for one more phone call. Malcolm is a Celtic fan on the line. Malcolm, what's on your mind tonight? How are we doing, guys? You fine? Yeah, good, All good, Malcolm. Uh, well, I'm looking after my grandson. He's a he's a little Aberdeen fan. He's only he's almost a year old. I kind of put a badge on him because <laughs> he, 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 his father's one of the biggest Aberdeen fans that I I know. So I've got my grandson this weekend. Looking forward to looking at him. I'm just uh, on about the transfer. We get to this stage of the the season and it becomes like a game of bingo. Do you do you guys honestly believe Barca is worth twenty million after three months of proving himself? I'm not denying that the young guy's got talent and he, he looks like he's got to progress. But after a cup, two cup finals. I suppose that that's the the point, Jim. Is Malcolm's talking about? Yes, he's he's got potential. He may have a big future, but that's what clubs look at when there's a transfer fee involved. Rangers mm-hmm. are said to be looking or sort of holding out for around twenty million pounds. Ajax and Brighton and mm-hmm. other interested clubs, if they're going to put in an offer for him, they will consider how good they think he can be as well. Not just his current ability, but he's shown obviously that he can be very good. We've seen him in a European final. He was man of the match in the Scottish Cup final as well. Yeah, well, well Malcolm says he's an Aberdeen fan. Young Calvin Ramsey just went to Liverpool for four, four point whatever million, you know, and he's only played a handful of games. He hasn't played any top uh, cup finals or, or you know, playing European football and played in a very poor Aberdeen side. So, you know, it's a bit, they've paid for it because they see something that they think they can develop in the future and, and potentially can be a top player. And Calvin uh, Bassey's like that as well. He's got real attributes. He was magnificent in Europe. So whether it's for three months, six months or whatever it happens to be, it's, it's, it's the market dictates it, Malcolm. It's not the player, um, you know, but it's the market. And if um, if, if Rangers, if, if clubs like Ajax, like Brighton, um, teams like that coming in, they've got every right to try and maximise the potential of the player. Um, so, yeah. Uh, listen, you know, when you value any kind of player, it's always difficult. You look at players left, right, and centre all over Europe going for tens of millions of pounds, and everyone thinks, "How can he be worth that?" But it's as I say, this that that's just the market. The market dictates it, and the market is at this moment in time is dictating that a left-sided centre back or left back, physical, strong, quick, athletic, talented, played in top top games against international players and was magnificent in them, is worth at least £20 million. So for me, I think that's the minimum range you should be looking for. Malcolm? Uh, well, if you're putting him in that bracket, Stephen Welsh must be worth £20 million as well, because he's played more games and he, he looks more settled than Calvin Bossy. I get the whole thing, because the, the Rangers thing, but... It seems that we get to this time in the season. And I mean, Stephen Welsh wasn't a regular starter for Celtic last season, was he? Not behind Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carl Starfelt in the pecking order. Yeah, but again, you can see like Carter-Vickers went for six million, and I think Starfelt was four and a half or five. So I said before, it's not it's not the players. You know, you can't you can't just you know say, well, this player's worth that, so that player must be worth this. I so said it's the market. The market dictates it, and if as I say, particularly left sided, that 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 adds. To the player, if if he was a similar sort of player playing the right hand side, he'd have more competition. Uh, there'd be more options for for clubs. But in the left hand side, there's less. So therefore, that gives them, 
you know, a few extra money. And at 22 years of age, they, they, they obviously, whatever clubs are interested in, believe that there's more to come. And I know rival fans always like to talk yeah. down valuations of other players, but it can only be a good thing for Scottish yeah. football if Rangers can maximise the transfer fee for Calvin Bassey. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, listen, Joe Aribo in a year to go in his contract, or else he'd have been worth more. So, as I said earlier on, you know, the, the recruitment side that Rangers now is, is a, in a much, much better position than they were over the last couple of decades. Um, but you, that, with that comes the fact that you're going to lose good players. As I said, the key is to replace them. But uh, for me, Calvin Bassey was magnificent. And if he gets a move and Rangers do get that type of fee, then I think he's absolutely worth it. Well, thank you to Malcolm and thank you for all your calls tonight and your tweets as well. Or just listening in at home, thank you to Jim Duffy. I'll be back on Monday night with Hugh Keevans and it'll be the final week of our one-week shows. And then we're back to the one-hour shows, sorry. Then we're back to the two-hour shows, the build-up to the league season. It's all happening. Huge League Cup games on this weekend as well. There'll be plenty more transfer business to come. But you know what? It's the weekend. It's a Friday night. The only way to start it is with the GBX up next. 